Hello and welcome to episode 13 of AngelCast with me, Adam. And me, Andy. Um, this week in Match Play, we're going to be talking about some new lists as well as um, how to prepare for a tournament or maybe how not to prepare for a tournament, but how I've been preparing for the London Grand Tournament, which is tomorrow if you listen to this as it comes out. Uh, in narrative... Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about my path to glory plans, which most people who, when Dominion dropped, have been probably been playing path to glory for months already. But um, <laughs> we haven't been. We and, have not And it's been. something. I, I mean, I don't think there's any particular time when you have to do it. Um, but there's a few people in our group who are kind of think it's a good idea, and we're going to try and do some in the next month or two. Yep. And then in open, it's it's hobby. Hobby, hobby. Interesting hobby. I think so. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back with match play. Welcome back. Uh, today in match play, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about where lists seem to be sitting, what, two and a half months into AOS 3? Sounds about right. Yeah, I think so. Barnhammer 1 was AOS 2, wasn't it? Yeah, because we watched the reveal mm. at Barnhammer 1. Indeed we did. Goodness. Uh, that's gone quickly. Um, so, you were running Skaven before? Yeah, so Barnhammer 1, I put a jank, a, just like a multi-arm Skaven list together that was pants, um, and then immediately reverted to my Nighthorn, which was even more pants, mm. and actually kind of perma-pants, and let's see what happens with the new book. Um, and then I went back to Skaven, and, and actually we've iterated a fairly nice list, and I must say I'm slightly disappointed in the sense that um, I was originally part of the Blood Tithe team that will be playing this weekend um, tomorrow if you are listening to it as this comes out mm-hmm. um, I, with my Skaven list which I think has legs I mean it's never going to be like amazing meta list or whatever but it's kind of fun and janky um, and we've done as as you've been practicing your games I've been iterating my Skaven list and I think the net result is we've probably both gained from it haven't we yeah, I think so, absolutely. I'm just laughing because um, mixed arms and extra legs are kind of Skaven Blood Bowl mutations. Yeah. And that's where my head help is it. today. Yep. Um, help it indeed. Which didn't make it in in the end, but we were considering. It's 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 an interesting one because, you know, Monster Meta, you know, Mon- Gur season, Monster Meta, blah, blah, blah. Gur. Actually, it's kind of not Monster Season, it's Hero Monster Season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, in the, the to illustrate the point, help it. You would never take them in a monster season because they're monsters, but they have a five up save. It's just a liability, right? And they can't protect themselves. That's just you're just giving points to your opposition. It just yeah. screams hit me, right? Um, yeah. So they they die. They're super cool when they go in, but they die to a stiff breeze. Yeah. Um, so part of me was like three help it. It's going to be amazing, and then you actually think about it, and it's just terrible. Um, so so where we've got to with the, the Skaven list is actually kind of quite cool. So the baseline of it was three battle line units. I want some Storm Vermin because I like them. And they seem to just overperform. For, for what they are on paper, they just seem to overperform. I think it's a solid war scroll and therefore difficult to point. And I think people also underestimate them. Yeah. They end up getting to do stuff because they're not a priority to kill. Yeah, because there are other things which are more important to kill. Yeah. And the clan rats are typically in the way initially, yeah. and shooting storm vermin is not going to win you a game. And they're, they're two attacks range too, right? So yeah. even if you only got 10 left, they're still not bad. So there's 20 of them in there. 
And then... Um, well, that's it, I guess. Like, in the new uh, coherency rules, Storm Vermin are always all fighting. Yeah, pretty much. Because that reach on a 25mm base just means they can, they can just pile in and get to where they need yeah, to. Yeah, and they're never going to be so strung out that they can't all get in. It's efficient. It's like Phoenix Guard, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then we started off with two units of Gisales, um and a set of heroes because it fit in 2,000 points. And then we fluffed around with the heroes a bit and found some interesting tech that's buried in the book um, and ended up with a few more points. So we flipped out three Gisales for a lightning cannon. Pew, 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 wow, wow, wow. It's kind of a big big cannon that isn't it yeah they were so strong at the beginning of aos and it always surprises me that you don't see more of them now because they haven't got worse i would argue they've got better yeah i mean they 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 can kill themselves but, but you're, you're it's care. pretty good i want to do the stats on the on the 12 dice thing and mm -hmm. see what the numbers look like because the way you roll the dice it's like oh that's going to average out at you know three and a half you're just rolling six dice it's three and a half right it's not the mechanic boosts it quite a lot because yeah. it's quite hard to get zero. Yeah. Um, because even if you roll a six with the power dice, you can still score wounds. Um, so I want to do the stats on it, but I bet you the average is something like it'll be more than half. So it wouldn't surprise me if the twelve is like averaging eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. I'll do the stats on it when we talk about it. Yeah, that's talk pretty about high. And then it then it's all about the heroes, basically. Um, and we started off with Screech. Vermin King because he looks like he's best pointed. Mm. Uh, Thankwell because he's because because I had a partially painted model and Adam shouted at me and told me to get it finished. How long had you had it for? Unpainted Ooh. and on a square base. Just to so give it was you some it context. was on a square base. That mm -hmm. is fair. Um, the flesh I painted in end times and it went in a box and never came out. It's sad and sometimes sad. I would come across it in the flat and be sad. And go, oh. And now it's painted and it looks amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's a good compliment. So so it had Thankful in it, Screech, um, Screaming Bell because it's tanky. Yeah. Kind of. Well, it's as tanky as a Vermin Lord, but it's less of a priority target, which means it tends to survive. It's also harder to get to because you've got to wade through 60 rats to get to yeah, it, whereas you're more likely to be flinging Vermin Lords at people. Yeah, very true. And then, and then we had two foot sloggers in there. We had a claw lord, which was my part of my stealth tech because he teleports around. is really irritating. It's so good. Um, and a warp lightning engineer, a, warp, a warlock engineer, mm -hmm. to buff the two shooty units. That makes total sense. Yeah. And then what we did was we realised actually then then the points for the warp nor came. Yes. Yeah, so that the was the difference because you had painted up your brood horror as well. Yeah, my brood horror got painted up, and then I realised it was a terrible sculpt and wild janky and a low-cost monster it, i think it still has legs as a low-cost monster i think it's fun, but he's now not in the game he's now not in the game he got squatted and i painted him up for Barnhammer one because i figured it was probably the last chances i would use him which is accurate. which is true um so he got he got kicked out and then the warpnor came out and woof so that's the forge world like naked <coughs> rat yeah lord right and he hits like a truck. Yes, he does. Um, and is what sixty points cheaper than Screech? Correct. Which is fifty. Fifty. 50 which is wild. No, sixty. You're right. Yeah. It's sixty. It is 60. Two, he comes in at two, two seven, seven five instead of three, three thirty five. Yeah, that like, is insane. He's he, maybe not quite as flexible, I guess, but he hits harder. 
whilst not doing the other things. Yeah, I mean, he's rend, he's rend two, Screech's rend one, rend three once. Yeah. The Warpnaws rend two the whole game. Yeah. At full wounds, he does five five damage on his main weapon. Which obviously with Feral Roar in the game. Yeah, with threes and threes that don't deteriorate. Yeah. It's brutal. And then you can, um, so you can give him a spell. Yeah. So he auto gets flaming weapon because he doesn't get a spell from yeah. normal law. Because he's not a great here. Because he's not a great here. So he auto gets flaming weapon so he can go to six damage. And then <sighs> you can give him Manticore Venom, yeah. which gives him plus one to wound as well. So he's on threes and twos the whole game. Amazing. Amazing. So he went in. And because he went in and I saved points on Screech, then there was a little bit of extra juice for the Warp Lightning Cannon, aforementioned Warp Lightning Cannon. And also that means I could upgrade from a Claw Lord to an Assassin. And you ask the question, assassins are bad, right? Actually, an assassin weapon profile of choice... The Death Master himself. The Death Master is actually exactly the same weapon profile as the Claw Lord. Okay. So why would you put, why would you put the assassin in there? Well, for, for two reasons. One, the lesser reason, um, is because with an Eshin hero on the board, you can pick a hero at the start of the game and buff damage to that hero. Yeah, and if you get lucky and roll the double six with a bell and get a deceiver, then that deceiver receives that buff. Yeah, so one in thirty-six games, <coughs> or in my experience, one in every game, <laughs> your opponent will get a vermin lord. Yeah, news news for the podcast. Yeah. I have now rolled a double six against Adam. It was with clash dice. Yeah, um, but it was done in turn one. Much yeah. to much so my to... my curse of um, playing against Skaven had been broken for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to have returned. So there's only one Skaven list <coughs> going to LGT, and I don't think they have a screaming bell. Pretty sure not, because it's Scryer. Yeah, so I'm, it's I'm, all storm vermin, storm fiends, and blur. Six storm fiends, acolytes five five acolytes. Blah blah boring. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that's the tech on the assassin which I think is super cool is he has Gotrek tech in the once per game he can um, stop someone piling in for a combat phase nice which is cool which means that your storm vermin fight Gotrek for two battle rounds and your opponent cries yeah well, winner yeah he just needs to be encircled with I think you go in with a set of clan rats and encircle him in storm vermin and just leave him there yeah just grab him, leave him where he is. Um, so I think it's got loads of play. And um, something Matt said the other day, which stuck with me, is that it does better than average in every phase. Yeah. So it's not amazing at any one thing, but it's better than average in every phase. And I think that's a really good list design philosophy. Unless you're like going to drop 500 quid on whatever the new hotness is, like you're going to buy a load of kangaroos and foxes and, you know... Blah, blah. have a barn dance then I think a design philosophy that's do better than average in every phase is a really good starting point for mixed arms lists yeah, yeah that's uh, fair and it looks like an army like yeah it's he, actually he, a real force right it's got some monsters got some little guys and got some artillery at the back it could be like a an old world slash ninth age list like yeah. it would be the same composition yeah, of models um, which I like actually because there's going to be a lot of dragon armies happening so having something that looks like an army not just a, a, a large flock um, should be pretty cool we're going to need a collective noun for dragons at some point aren't we because mm. we're going to be saying it a lot cool 
Um, so I am going to LGT, and through iterating and looking at stuff that's a bit more tricksy and mixed armsy, uh, I'm and going... compliant with the team ethic of giving up good items to other people. Yes, so I would quite have liked to have had Arcane Tome, but if you'd been able to make it, you would have had it in your list anyway. So I was, I was denied. Actually, access. I've dropped it now. Have you? I've dropped because because the Warlord doesn't need it. Oh yeah, because he I gets guess. flaming weapon anyway. Oh, of course. Yeah. Anyway, so I yeah, so I would have taken Arcane Tome. I think I'm still in Blood Gullet. I did play a couple of games as Boulderhead. I just don't rate it, you know. Yeah. I never thought that you would be allowed to take multiple of the same mount trait anyway. But everybody did for like two weeks because it wasn't specifically banned in an FAQ. As soon as the FAQ came out, and that was clearly not allowed, I just think that there aren't enough good mount traits to justify it. Yeah, I would make the same observation of the new Oric Warclans book, actually, because you and I have been building me and some additions to the um, to the Oric list I had yeah. to make it AOS three half decent, and that basically entails. Essentially, dropping the Gore Grunters and adding in a more Crusher. I know this point doesn't work out; it's a bit more to it. Uh, adding in a more Crusher, some Bolt Boys, and a and that monster skewer thing that that owns people. Um, yeah. If you roll fives and sixes, um, <laughs> which your clash dice do. Yeah, my clash dice do. Um, so, so we we kind of added to that list, and that that's kind of the same thing. Is you look down the mount traits and. There's one in there that's probably really good. There's one in there that's reasonably okay, and the rest are kind of, mm, yeah. really do I want them? And at that point, if my whole sub-faction is going on access to mount traits, we did the math. Black Clatterhorn's worth, what, an extra four, four damage a game? Yeah. There's a lot of items out there that I think are a bit of a trap. Like the Warp Storm Scroll, I love using. Yeah. But its wound output is typically two or three, and it's once a game. Why yeah. bother, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, the plus one to hit is something that now exists flat, right? You've got mm. Finest Hour uh, for the plus to wound, but you've got all-out attack. Um, and in my list, with the Slaughtermaster, actually a third of the time, turn one, you're going to get plus one to hit anyway from him grabbing some rubbish out of his cauldron and throwing it at you. Yeah. So there's plus one to hit within the army. Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm one of the lower pointed team members. Tim's list comes in I think five points cheaper than mine. Nineteen sixty five. So I'm at nineteen seventy, which means I've, I'm allowed a choice of triumph because there are only three triumphs, of course. And Blood Tide at LGT is a four uh, player team event, so uh, one person <coughs> doesn't get a triumph. So I've gone for Inspired for plus one to wound. Uh, once again, because uh, that seems re really good to me. Uh, Stonehorn with a plus one to wound is scary. Um, especially as it means you basically find a star one, inspire the other, kill whatever's in front of you, which is great. Uh, and I'm Beastmaster, but I've actually dropped one of the monsters from my list. I was running the. Um, Dusky Husky. Called? Yeah, the Husky. Uh, the. Husguard on Thunder Tusk, which I really like, <clears throat> and wonder whether it would stay in my singles list. I think it's I, I I like the way your list runs because why? Okay, so why'd you put the Husguard in? Two reasons: one, Snowball, pretty good. Yep. Two, the heal. You have other heals in your army. Yeah. Not loads though. Not not loads, um, and you you can heal at the start of the turn anyway, so. 
you know, the, the, there is tech you've got that to some extent yeah. compensates it's, for that. It's doubling down and it's, <clears throat> it's, it's redundancy, but then I don't hate that for the list either. Yeah. But, um, so I've gone for two Frostlords on Stonehorn. It's Blood Gullet, so nice touch of red stuff, additional piling, splatter cleaver for that. Uh, end of combat phase heal if you've killed if you've wounded anything uh, metal cruncher because because it's good because it's good <laughs> um, it is good I used to prefer black lath horn but the numbers just don't work depending on your opponent there's don't... plenty of stuff out there with a five up <clears throat> that's true but the reasoning that we gave to it when we kind of threw a bit of numbers at it was while blood while black clatter horn is better against an army which has low armor the rest of your army is so much it is basically going straight through in low armor true you yeah. probably don't need the buff from the clatterhorn anyway yeah i think that's probably fair you're kind of overcompensating yeah so then i've got a second frost lord on stonehorn who is just a frost lord on stonehorn nothing special there i'm taking a shade spire warband because i thought it'd be nice and narrative uh for yeah. blood type so I've got Hrothgorn, the Icebrow Hunter, uh, with his three little uh, grot mates, Noblars. Uh, they're, they're carrying extra, you know, bolts for his <laughs> hitting on Thor's crossbow, trap launcher, uh, and so on. Um, I've got a Slaughtermaster, and in Blood Gullet, uh, Butchers and Slaughtermasters get an additional cast and know an additional lore spell. So I'm able to choose between Ribcracker, which removes uh, one level of armor from an opponent. It's basically like a bonus rend for attacks against it. Uh, and the other one is Molten Entrails, which in the absence of Flaming Weapon, plus one damage on mount attacks. Yeah, and that kind of bounces back into a point that we've been talking about on the Auric list is... Um, like, when you start looking at... Because I can basically run it as... Uh, six drop or ten drop yeah um and if you run it as ten drop the compensation is you get an artifact if you give that artifact for instance is an arcane tome yeah and you put that on and and then you give them an extra spell as well then that means that spell variety i think is really useful because in in big war in iron jaws yeah wizard um you're going to take Hand of Gork because it means you <clears throat> don't have to spend the money on the Shaman because that's the only reason the Shaman's there. But you, there's another spell in there which is really good as well, which is a plus one to wound bubble. Ooh. Yeah. It's not It's not just on one guy. It's like a big bubble. That's really good. And you put that on a Maw Crusher with an Arcane Tome and all of a sudden, rather than having a Shaman standing at the back going, stand near me, I can buff you. Yeah. It's like you've got a guy who's in someone's face in the middle of the board buffing also, everything around him. In terms of AoE abilities, having a 32 mil base or a 40 mil base versus a pie plate, yeah. a lot, a lot <laughs> biggest, more of your army biggest is in Biggest pie that. plate in the game? Uh... Is yes, because now the corn dragon has been pointed out well, of yeah, match play. That does Borgoroth doesn't. No, but that's the issue. that's the only bigger base. Because the Archon, Archeon base is the biggest base, right? But it's the same base. And it's the same base as Morgoth. As we discovered. As we discovered. Because you didn't have one. Because I didn't have. And one. I had an Archeon. And you had a spare. Going on a square Amazing. base. Because um, we and and maybe this is a narrative. You could argue this is a slightly narrative point. Rather than doing two cabbages, um, mm. and I think it was your idea. That you just threw out and I latched onto. I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give I mean, you credit for it intentionally because I wanted you to pay me to paint oh. it. <laughs> um, trying to get your rent down. Um, yeah. Is um, my second more crusher is a is a normal um, foot slogging mega boss on a magma dragon, 
and I'm looking across the room at the first paint that's gone onto it, and I think it's going to look pretty freaking cool. And I can't believe I've never seen one. No, somebody must have done it. I can't believe no one's done Surely it. Surely somebody's done it. Well, though. we now have. We've now done it. So yeah, we've got a out of production magma dragon as a more crusher, which is cool. Uh, so to wrap up my list, then there's some battle lines. So we've got four Mornfang, two Mornfang, Stonehorn Beast Riders. I've gone for the Culling Clubs and Prey Hackers. Everyone tells me, oh, it's better to take the two-inch reach, Rend 1, Gargant Hackers. That's definitely better. Don't and I'd rather bounce Mortal Wounds back to you on a six to save, to be honest. I, I don't get it, because in the twos, why would you ever need a two-inch reach? So people don't say do it on the twos necessarily, but for a unit of four or a unit of six. But but you, I don't. But think how you, wide is the base, right? You can you can do it in a unit of six. I just don't think that you bother outside of like Thunderbellies where you're getting the you know. I was well, a unit of six is super pants because you get smashed with the coherency pant. That because you just you, you put four at the front, sideways on, and then two at the back. It looks bad, but it works. Don't like and it, it only works with two inch reach. And and you have to get a perfect line in the right way. So yeah, yeah. Start you circling you get stuck in loads of places. I'd, I'd, I'd I'd know, I wouldn't go above four. And if you can't get all four in I find by themselves... I, I find I can't get all four in anyway. Yeah. Like, um, to the point that... Because where we've played, the, third, the fourth model is typically behind the other ones yeah. rather than... I, in lengthways, not sideways. I, I think that if I were to iterate this list further, I would be playing around with... So the next thing on the list is Stonehorn Beast Riders as battle line. I think that I would go to two Mornfang, two Mornfang, two Mornfang and trade up the Beast Riders into a Huskard on Thunder Tusk. Yeah, I think in a singles list, I think there's merit in that. I just... I, I My humble opinion is... Yeah. Um, I, I think there's Mornfang a real stealth tech. Like, because... It's it's the obvious play is to is to kill the stonehorns and don't get me wrong it's a great idea. <laughs> it's um, hard to win without killing the stonehorns. It's true, but those mornfang they they get around right. Yeah, they're fast. Um, they're not as fast as the stonehorns, but the thing is they cover more ground because the stonehorn will go in the shortest line into the nearest yeah. target, whereas the mornfang have a bit more kind of like turn three and four. They're not necessarily engaged with something because they've hit something smaller. And yeah, I mean, having played that list a lot, I would argue it's it's the Mornfang that are going in and finishing stuff off. Yeah. That leverage up the Stonehorns because it means the Stonehorn can move on quicker. And this is purely anecdotal. I find that my Stonehorns do average mortal wounds on the charge. Not that they necessarily charge an average amount, but based on what you're rolling, I roll pretty much half of those immortal wounds. I find the Mornfang who are only supposed to be doing mortal wounds on sixes, do at least a third. <laughs> they're just they're just great. They go in, you roll four sixes out of ten dice when it should be two, and your opponent goes, oh, right, okay. It's like, win. Yep. Um, and I wonder then whether... Because I find also that I have more command points available than I was expecting to. I wonder whether you take the third Stonehorn as a Huskard on Stonehorn, because he has a War Scroll command ability that gives the tusks of the mounts on the Mornfang and additional damage on the charge. Mm. So then the mounts with four attacks each, fours and threes, rend one, a damage three on the charge. So they're potentially a massive can opener. Yeah. And obviously it's very easy to all out attack them and what have you. So I I, I really like Mornfang. I 
own another four that I'm building at the moment, oh. but they you know they don't make it into into this list. And then to finish it up, because we've got Hrothgorn, we have got Hrothgorn's Mound Trappers as well. Very important. Very importantly. Very importantly indeed. Three goblins. Noblars. Sure. Um, it's more of a cultural difference, isn't it? Um, they yeah, they're great. Super good. You've got um, you've got so many attacks. Um, you know, range eight on throwing spiky stuff at people. Yeah, it's great. Um, <coughs> and that fits into four drops with a battle regiment and a magnificent command entourage. Which is Lovely. Nice. Magnificent. Yeah. The, the other thing that I would say in terms of prep, actually, that I, I wholeheartedly approve of is you said to me very early on that you were going to be, in quotes, ruthless about enforcing particularly deadly terrain. Yeah. Because I, and I, 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 I agree with you, right? The way we've been playing of late is if you land on deadly, you're rolling a dice. It's not, oh yeah, good point. I'll just move that away yeah. slightly. It's like, there's so much like, I've like, I don't want, I don't want necessarily want Age of Sigmar to be at a point where it's chess and touch it, move it. Like there has to be a certain degree of take back, but if it's potentially negating damage, so like deadly or in the old rules, volcanic and people just used to go, Oh yeah, and move, remove the model. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, like, there's so like, little interaction. Let's, let's not have a shuffle phase, yeah. right? There's so little interaction with terrain anyway in the game, and it's a one in six. Just take it. Yeah. Like if that was where you wanted to be, because it was the optimal movement, and you've taken your hand off the model, I'm going to roll a dice for you, yeah. and I'm going to tell you if it's a one. Yeah. And that's it. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be playing like that. So yeah, bringing. I mean, I think it's courteous to tell your opponent that that's, that's how, how you're you want play. to play. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's. But I think the... it's a totally legit way of doing it. And I will say, like, I remember I've actually never played him to my to my shame, but I, I know that Darren has has often said in games, yeah. do you want a do you want a tight game or do you want a fun game? Yeah. And, and I he'll, think he'll beat a, you either way, and he'll <laughs> smash me anyway, right? So so I'm, I'm not losing one. either way. Yeah. Um, but in the bigger picture, I just think people should learn to play that way it's the yeah, it's absolutely. the right way to play the game so um let's talk a little bit about like specific prep for the event so um we have uh through pro painted got hold of some age of sigma three uh counters yep some of which are really useful others of which i've yet to find out what they're for um <laughs> but that's probably just my list being pretty pretty much <coughs> you get three cows cover them in snow and throw them at people yeah i mean it's good to have because <clears throat> i got the skaven ones as well and it's definitely good to have some of them yeah but when you start playing with them you realize actually that there's a bunch of them that there's you don't really need like for instance um raw is useful because yeah you can put a raw token against someone's unit for the combat phase stomp less so because i'm going to stomp you i've rolled a dice you've taken damage it's over it's done yeah right? you I suppose you can't select it again. So if you had four monsters, but you should remember four things. Because you're doing them all at the same time. Yeah. It should be. I mean, I suppose you do it. You take turns doing it, but it's it's. Yeah. And there might right. there might be some decision making, but yeah. So there, there's uh, monstrous rampage tokens, heroic action tokens. Yeah. So heroic willpower, heroic recovery, heroic inspiration, and their finest hour. Yeah. And actually, what was quite nice with the pro painted ones is you get epic action available tokens so you can just leave a token next to each of your 
heroes, and as you said, it's a hero monster meta. And then as you do finest hour, there's a take plus, plus one yeah. to wound, plus one save token that you replace it with, and then goes at the end of the turn. And you can see who has and hasn't finest yeah. houred just obviously on the board. And it's clear for your opponent as well, as opposed to keeping notes in a book. Which, I've finished my blue book. I've that is no that space. is pretty monumental. And I know you've got two sitting for you. It's somewhere in Germany at random. It's in Austria. But but yeah. getting, getting through an entire um, journal yeah. of games. 202 in, games, I think. Across so. two and three, right? Obviously not three, so just three. Yeah. So from, from AOS 2, because you started that book when AOS 2 dropped, right? Um, no, there's only <coughs> 30 games in it at the end of AOS 1. Okay, but so it's, it's still... So it's 2018 to 2020. So 60-ish games it's, a year? It's a bit more than that, because I didn't play any at all from March 2020 until... March 2021 sad times yeah and I didn't record TTS games but yeah so that's finished um, so in terms of preparing for the event I basically copied five of that page out in another notebook because I really like the format of it it really helps me to remember triumphs keep track of uh, things battle like tactics. Uh, battle tactics which again pro painted we've got the um, yeah that little scoreboard's really good yeah so it's like a magnetic thing where you have like a little flag that's each of the achievable battle tactics and if you achieve it you just click it on and if you don't you chuck it out the window or do whatever um, and so you can see what you got on the table again which I think is really helpful so I'm, I've been impressed with um, Matt's provision for AOS 3 to be yeah. honest and it's been really good I've actually just realised the smart way of doing that is if you don't score it you just turn it upside down Yeah. like as in the yeah. wrong way up not flip it because yeah. if it flips the magnets will bounce but also rotate gets, it through 100 that also degrees. gets rid of it right that is true the other way is you just put it under one that you've achieved yes because they will magnetise together um, so prep for LGT matchup cards very important matchup cards I usually paint all of them and um, do you know what I just didn't have the time or inclination this time Jeez. so I've cut a couple of pictures out of a white where dwarf. is your team ethic um yeah, I guess I've actually had work to do for once. That's legit. <laughs> Including prepping my dragon. So. Including prepping your dragon, yeah. Um, so And prepping a Chaos Lord for Tim. So there's actual That's prep fair. on that front going on. And then one of the things... So I, I played three games of Age of Sigmar in four hours yesterday against Simon's Sons of Bennett, uh, which I won't give away how they went, uh, because we haven't done matchups yet, and I don't want people to know how I do against them or not, um, or how Simon does against ogres or not because everybody's going to listen but there were a number of points in the game where people were shocked yes also there are a number of points in the game where I said this to Simon Simon I cast a spell five minutes ago and he says yes you did and I say you didn't manage to unbind that and he was like that's correct and I was like do you know which spell it was that I cast and he's like I've got no fucking idea mate so I've got obviously a thousand mystic shield tokens from the years of general's handbook general edition warlord editions with the nice tokens and stuff but what i don't didn't have was tokens for molten entrails or rib cracker so i've taken um they're just in <coughs> sleeves, sleeves. just written them out on a bit of paper tucked them in with some shade spire cards as a back and uh i've actually underlined within and wholly within and casting values and stuff so and given myself the page reference to the codex so i actually know what's going on and i can just put the spell next to the model that's affecting it and then in theory when my brain goes, Simon, who will be further away, what spell did I cast? He can say, look at the table. 
Yeah, and then I'll know in theory. So, that's so my, I, I think spell cards are a very good idea. I, Matt always used to run them, and I was always very jealous. Yeah. My slightly different tactic around that because my Skaven list has a lot of spells in it. I think it's like seven casts. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is ridiculous. It wasn't intentional, but it's kind of cool. Um, it works. Um, is I got those. I didn't like Mitzi saw these and he was like, "Whoa, where are they from? They're amazing." So when when AOS three dropped, all the friendly gaming stores got these card sleeves, which are quite posh red things, aren't they? That go over War Scroll, um, what? War Scroll cards. These ones. Those ones. Yeah. It doesn't transfer to a podcast, Adam. It doesn't, but you know, whatever. Um. Really so I and I I've ordered myself a. I could um, shuffle them loudly. Oh, well done. Yeah. Good effort. Um, that's just to test whether my new isolation cube actually cuts that out or not. Thank you. Mm. Um, um, so I've got I've got myself a list of a, a set of address labels that you can print, and yeah. I'm going to print I'm going to print the individual spells that I'm using on the individual uh, heroes, so I can remember who's got what spell and where, and then I, I'm, I'm going to just stick them on the back of the war scroll sleeves, ah. so that I don't stick them on the actual war scroll cards. Yeah, that's a slightly posher version of using post-it notes, which I've seen done. Yeah, well, you know, I try and be posh. Yeah, also post-it notes in a sweaty gaming hall will just fall off and you won't know what you're doing. Inevitably. Inevitably, immediately. Um, so the other thing I've done, well, two more things that I've done, is I've written out the uh, Blood Gullet abilities with a page reference on a card so I can show my opponent what everything does. Because I know what my command trait does, but it strikes me that people tend not to. So like the extra three-inch pile-in, um, the splatter cleaver heel, like people are always like, where is that and how does it work? And it's, I think it's just clearer if I have it written down for That's them. That's um, And I put the Dracoline Heart, which is my other um, artifact on there as well, just so like, you know what it is. This this is what my, it's the War Scrolls plus this. That's what my art is. Yep. Um, so obviously Mark wants everyone to print out um, army lists, which I think is a bit of a hangover to before COVID. Everybody's got a PDF of all the lists. Yeah, I mean, at a, tour, at a team tournament where you're doing pairings and you're going to be looking at the lists every round anyway. Yeah. Everyone should have all the lists all the time. Yeah. So I'd, 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 I'm going to tell, I'm obviously taking them along because we've been asked to, but I'd, I suspect that these will stay tucked into the back of my Ogre's book and no one will ever look at them. Yeah. Um, however, the kind of individual actual abilities in the game versus what, what are the war scrolls that anyone can look up. Um, you know the, the list has been approved right so yeah. you know this is what's relevant yeah in my opinion and I can talk you through the rest of it um, and the other thing as well is there's still a pandemic so I don't want to be physically handing something to people because that's fucking stupid um, so there we go and the final thing I've done though because again it's been requested um, is print off the war scrolls now of course that's quite a good idea I wish I'd done it a couple of days ago because yesterday, Games Workshop removed all of their War Scrolls from the website. Because Age of Sigmar is now fully behind a paywall, and the only place you can get the the only legitimate place that you can get the War Scrolls now is in the books, which, as we all know, are generally wrong within two weeks because there's an FAQ, and on the AOS app, which I believe is only available with a Warhammer Plus subscription. I don't think you can just subscribe to the app. Yeah, I. Don't know. That, I don't know. I, I I suspect it's behind a paywall now. Yeah. Well, it is because you can't. And not and not just not not only is it behind a paywall, it's also behind a paywall formatted for a phone. Yeah. 
because yeah. it's a mobile so phone. So you can't now. actually access the War Scrolls so, on a computer anymore. So you can't get them in PDF form. You're going to have to screenshot them on your phone. Yeah. I haven't yet looked at it on an iPad. I would assume it's better, but probably still poorly formatted. Yeah. So I, um, you can just Google this. I can't quite remember what the website was. But in order to create these today, I went to a um, War Scroll designer Ah. and I got my book out and I spent half an hour typing out and then double and triple checking um, all of the attacks profiles and I'm glad that I don't have many war scrolls in my army but I actually typed these out right you did all the special rules and everything yeah because I can't remember them what I'm going to do before the event is with a pen write the page number on these so that I can actually find them I mean they're in the app as well and in theory that'll be charged but uh, there we go. So I've got <coughs> more paper than I would usually take along. I've got more counters than I'd usually take along. But I also have fewer models than I'd usually take along. So it's probably just as manageable. Now, the only thing that I haven't done is sort out a tray. So I'll, I'll have to put some of my commission painting stuff that's on trays on the table. But um, I don't have a display board. I know. Um, which has got nothing to do with match play to be fair so we can move on we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back talking about path to glory uh, or path to glory depending on what day of the week you're talking to me uh, path to path glory, to glory. Um, after this welcome back uh, we're going to be talking about um, narrative the path to glory um, in Age of Sigmar 3, uh, which I haven't really... Well, well, I mean, we know what it is, right? It's, it's tricky, right? Because I, I, I built a whole new army just as lockdown was finishing, just, just in time to play about four games before um, AOS 3 came out. So I'm kind of not at the point where I want to jump into buying a whole new army just yet. But I am really intrigued by a slow-grow thing. I guess you don't have to just use new models, do you? No, not at all. And for me, because um, Donal wanted to do Cruel Boys. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've come up with a paint scheme, colour scheme that I think might be fun and quick for Stormcast. Uh-huh. And I've never had a Stormcast army. And I like what they've... The, I like the Primaris version of the models, even though it's not really Primaris. They just made them stand up and made their thighs thinner. Um because if you put them next to each other, there's not actually that much height difference. No. Um, it's actually just the... There's, there's a bit. They've just stood up. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, they're, they're not bending their knees so much. It's more, it's more true scale than primarisizing. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they've more changed the proportions, yeah. the widths than the height. But anyway, <clears throat> so I decided to do that. I've got um, a bunch of stuff base coated so i um the scheme i'm going with is kind of red copper yeah um with um viridian green nice um as the second color and then blue as the accent for like plumes and stuff um and for the copper i'm using the vallejo metal color copper and it goes on so well it's ridiculous it's actually. off the charts right yeah it doesn't you try and brush it it's horrendous but with an airbrush it is looks, just looks phenomenal gorgeous. i can believe that and it just goes it just goes yeah. and it's done yeah it's <clears throat> so they're all base coat they were base coated in about 45 minutes i'll say they i'll come to the units in a minute um and then washed and then i'm going to dry brush them and do the accents and that'll be that yeah 
Um, I think I'm going to put a little bit of celestial grey and apothecary white contrast in some of the okay faces and like on the yeah, faces yeah. of the shields and stuff. Yeah, the faces yeah, yeah, that, that are sense. on the shields. Yeah, like <coughs> things like that. Sigmarite face sigil yeah, thing. Exactly. Thing. So there'll be some a bit a bit of wine there as well. But anyway, so um, so, so what, that's what, work in progress. So it's narrative. So who's who's your general? So my general. So I, I basically started out from the starter box. Dominion. Dominion, which is good because it's now also supplying bolt bolt boys, which you can't get elsewhere other than in Dominion at the moment. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So all those people who want to run. 27 of them or whatever yeah four and six and blah 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 units of bolt boys they're going to be buying a lot of dominion sets or just buying breaks right finally. i suspect there's plenty out there yeah um so um so i've got a lord imperitant as my hero what's his name if it's narrative bob bob which is short for kate great very good reference. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, <laughs> that will be telling us to the age of our general listener base. I yeah, and, and me in general. Um, two units of indicators because they're battle line and they're in the box. Bob. And um, and uh, three annihilators because they seem to be quite good and I may as well try and put something did good the in the vindictors come in? Vindictors. Did I, say, uh, I said vigilators. No, I keep getting that wrong. Did the, vin- did the vindictors come in units of five they or ten? They do. Five. Sweet. The Annihilators look fun. Yeah, they're good models. They hit hard well. And they hit hard. And do they, are they the ones that shrug? No, it's the... the oh, sorry, that's wrong. It's not the Annihilators. It's the guard ones I took first. The Praetorians? Praetor, Praetors. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Um, the guys with capes. The guys with who capes. Who are bodyguards yeah, to yeah. the general. And then the Annihilators were the next unit I was going to add. Ah, so once you go past the like 600-ish yeah. mark. Exactly. So like unit five or whatever it'll be. So that that'll be my um, that'll be my stormcaster kind yeah. of army, and I'll and I'll grow it slowly. And the Path to Glory campaign, there's a few people that are interested in, but unfortunately, um, we, we've the, got quite high attrition in London at the moment. Yeah, we just seem that everyone's kind of scattering to the four winds. I mean, to be fair, I moved to moved to York five years ago, and I moved to Coventry a year ago, so I've been out for a while. But I come back because. Anyway, but Donald's moving out onto the M, god awful part of the M4. Ming's moving out as well. Ming's buggering off to Kent somewhere. Yeah. So, um, the it, the path of glory may end before it starts, um, but it would be good to have a few small games because apparently, I mean, was, I'm, it, was I'm, it Matt that said? Oh no, it was you because you played Matt, right? You did some mini games. Yeah, with yeah Matt. we talked about it. On yeah, the on the previous one. Yeah. Um, At some point. And apparently, it's a really good way to learn the game, which I yeah, and totally I think. I mean, I'm very happy to... Uh, I mean, how many... I'm thinking of what factions do I have 600 points of, and it's probably five or six. So, I mean, I, I'm happy to just play some Path to Glory scenarios if you want to yeah. to do some and play around with it. Um, I think it's kind of fun as well, because you get kind of more attached to um, attached to your dudes and think, you know, this, is, this would be a starting point for an army. And one day you might snap the... Um, Veriton off his base, or is he a Veriton? Is that what we said? Lord Incantor. Lord no. Uh, Imperiton. Imperiton, yes. Yeah, he might get snapped off a base and just put on a Star Drake, right? Or Roar. a Draconis. That'd be a laugh. Steed. Um, I guess narratively, as I said before, I think about Path to Glory, I, I should just really be doing the uh, Stormcast Dragons for Path to Glory. Because that's, yeah, I mean, that's totally narrative, right? Just having a load of dragons to smash in someone's face. Yep. It's like, I've got all these units that I found in the box. I've got a dragon. 
No, you've got... I've added another couple of units. I've added another dragon. No, no, two. They're so cheap, it's insane. Um, although, they're still not on pre-order. We don't know what size the bases are. We don't know how much they're going to cost. Sad which is a sad face. Um, although, not really. Um, so, narrative-wise, there's some rumblings about the next uh, Inquisitor meetup. Yet to set a date, but... Did you see the Necromunda terrain that's like a... Oof. Um, market meat, like a market yeah, yeah. I was going to say cool. meat market so George was like that. that's definitely in plus the new Outlaws gangs which aren't house affiliated look like incredible kind of starting points for Inquisitor 28 um, character builds so um, that's super cool ah so your list was 600 bang on with the are they praetors that's the praetors yeah, yeah that's why i took the praetors not the annihilators because it's probably not be cheap uh cool so i think there's going to be so the the new um the next inquisitor thing is going to uh take us to a new planet we're chasing down alex's uh Magos biologus and um we're going to a spaceport we're it'll be a whole new trains, world a whole new world <laughs> Um, again, I'm not paying for the rights, but I would edit in a song that you can guess there. Um, yeah, so that's going to be interesting, I think. Um, I'd quite like to expand it and have a few more players as well and like have a couple of different things going on. And then maybe, like, because I feel like we could run a few games of Inquisitor, like, on, from time to time and then have, like, a big weekend that's like the big denouement scenarios. Yeah. I think that'd be quite interesting. So I might look into doing a bit more of that. Probably in the new year at this point. With people, you know, going to different countries to get married, you'll notice that Alex hasn't been on the podcast for a while. He's he's been busy getting married. Um, Donal moving away, Ming moving away, um, Mike, who was in the Inquisitor things, moved up to Newcastle. Rob has moved <coughs> to Bulgaria since we last recorded. Uh, so yeah, as you do, as you do. So yeah, well, there'll be there'll be more narrative stuff going forward, both Path to Glory. Yeah, and, and we've been talking. Steve mentioned the idea or mooted the idea of. Um, and out into Warhammer World yeah. sometime in the winter. Yeah. I, I've also building up to doing, I'm not sure I'm going to call it Barnhammer 4, but having some people over, depending on how people's Christmases work out, maybe having some people over between Christmas and New Year. Okay, cool. And playing in the house. Yeah. Because um, by then, hopefully we'll have kicked my darling partner out of the... <laughs> annex with her workshop so yeah. she'll have her own workshop then and we can actually play in there yeah that'd be really in cool in the other house awesome in the warmth rather than the cold put a coat on I did suggest that once the workshop where my, my partner's a sculptor and has a work, designated workshop space um, that once that was all insulated we could actually use that for gaming in the oh, winter yeah. what did she think so that, that that didn't go down very really that surprises me yeah <laughs> Uh, gaming is not always a priority, boys and girls. Um, I think that's all I have to say about narrative, which isn't very much. Same thing. I mean, we've, we're focusing on the other parts today, yeah. so I think we can um, whittle so, through. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back after a short break to talk about hobby. Welcome back. So in the open section, um, we're talking about hobby again, uh, which is great. We've not had all that much time for board games recently. I'd like to jump back onto Curse City yeah. soon. Uh, and if we can find three people, at oh least, goodness. we could actually finish Betrayal. I would really like to do that, so we'll, we'll have to do that soon. Um, but yeah, it's mostly been painting and sculpting and basing and... Why am I doing this for a living? 
um, because all the theatres are still more or less closed. And oh, yeah, good point. And it does kind you of need pay to better eat. as well. <laughs> Tragically, should have should have got an MA in miniature painting, not Shakespeare, really. Never mind. Um, so what have you been enjoying doing? Cause enjoying been doing, doing. You've been doing loads. <coughs> yeah, I've been doing... Quite diverse. I, I, yeah, I've been doing a fair amount of stuff. So I, unfortunately, the last two weeks has been a bit of a hiatus because um, I've got a little... Let's let's call it... Well, it's a jump track, but a let's call it a BMX track in the back yourself. garden. And I, I decided to kind of jump in the air and, and then... Um, how did I, I, I spoke to a medical professional yesterday and she said, what did you do? And I said, well, I was riding my bike and then I wasn't. <laughs> um, and, and my hand stopped me moving. <laughs> that is a really interesting way of describing events. Yeah. So I punched the ground really hard and dislocated my right finger in my right hand, which meant I couldn't paint for two weeks, which sucks. It also means I can't hold clippers because I can't put any weight in my hand for clippers. Yeah, you also swore quite a lot whilst just holding a steering wheel, although that was admittedly towards the beginning of that. Yeah. So anyway, so I haven't, unfortunately I've done very little. I, I did start sculpting the bases on, on the Skaven, which is good. So the new Skaven list, which we've already spoken about earlier in the podcast, um, requires me to continue my rebasing escapade from the resin bases that I put my Skaven on in at the start of AOS 1 onto a, a better scheme it's just a better scheme for the models it's much better um it's mostly red earth it's more mortal realms as well it's more mortal realms so i've got i've got a red playing mat which kind of half inspired me because i because i wanted something to justify playing on a red mat and it just it just the red just complements the models better yeah um so i've got three normal sized monster bases to do Two of which are for the Vermin Lords and one for the Warp Lightning Cannon, and then the model the the current army is fully based again, which is great. Um, so I've sculpted. Oh, um, is your Warp Lightning Cannon painted? God, yeah. Oh, I've not seen it because you forgot to bring it. So you used a dragon that's, when that's we played. That's right. So I brought it down last week and oh. then took it back up again. Yeah, because we didn't play. Because we didn't play. Anyway, so yeah, my Warp Lightning Cannon has been painted since twenty thirteen. Sure. Okay. It's not. It's not. It was painted eight years ago, so it's not one of my better models. But anyway, sure. um, so um, so on the Warp Lightning one, I've kind of sculpted a trench down the middle of the model mm -hmm. um, with the intention, because I, I hadn't realised this until I actually looked at the model. A Warp Lightning can, you can actually look straight through the model at the floor. Yeah. So you can actually see the middle of the base. Yeah, because it's just a scaffold. It's a, a scaffold yeah. with a big, big pole a scaffold on, on wheels, right? Yeah, so... Um, so I've sculpted a big trench all the way down the middle of the model on the premise that when it's fire and warp lightning, then it's probably scarring the ground. Yeah. So I'm going to paint that really brightly so you can see the trench through the model. So I'm hoping that looks quite good. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of what they look like in um, Warhammer Total War as well. They sort of rock back on their wheels when they fire. So it would definitely oh, cool. be scorching the earth because it's sort of, you know... In it's our a recoil, minds, the you're, recoil. You're, you're drawing a line between one point and another, but cinematically, the Skaven is sort of but setting you... fire to the air with green lightning, and if you're yeah. at the end of that, you're probably dead. Yeah, back in the day of, like, it lands here and then it bounces to here, and there's an arc between the two. What is it? Ten from the back? Yeah. Whoop. Four from the back? I can't remember how far it was, but whatever the, it was. The, the youth back. of today doesn't even know what that is. Take it off! Um, so, so, so I've got those three bases to do, and then in between that, I just, I want, I, I wanted a palette cleanser, 
Um, I did a Kickstarter earlier this year for a bunch of Scale 75. They're effectively little magazine books, aren't they? Yeah. That are really nice, like how to paint skin, how to paint leather, how to paint cloth. Um, they're a really good resource. Yeah. Like all, of that, the thing, all of that stuff's online, but there's nothing like having a reference book. So the thing I always notice is if I... So I did the matchup cards then, ended up phoning it in a bit, but I was like, it'd be great to just have an image on my screen without having to fuck around with settings to stop my computer going to sleep and then you're like you could get an analog watch and put your mouse on it right so that it doesn't go to sleep but actually physically having a guide in a book with step by step is fantastic yeah. particularly when it's as detailed as the ones you've got i'm yeah. i'm i'm they're quite really jealous of yeah. your well uh, they're to be bothered yeah. there's like a library so when i when i got those books i was like oh people keep raving about scale 75 paints i should probably try some so and I wanted to try them on something different because they're slightly different color paints, yeah. and I didn't want to use them on an existing army because it'd throw the army off. And I was like, I need to paint something different, palette cleanser. So I got a couple of Marvel Pro Crisis Protocol. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> in particular, I got um, for those who are into it, um, Sam Wilson as Captain America. Mm -hmm. So he's like a, his wings are bending over, and there's a, the, the, a lot of the models seem to have explosions on the base. There's an explosion on the base, and he's flying through the explosion. So it's all red, blue, and white. So it's super high contrast, super yeah. vivid. Um, so and I just took the say, scale seventy five stem, and it, it's interesting. They're, they're lovely paints. Yeah, I've used them a couple of times, specifically when doing a tutorial with Donal on uh, freehand. Yeah, because Donal was using them for his. Um, Kragnos banner. So I think I, I I would I would I mean very early days, but I would say a few things. Number one, base coating with airbrush, great. Yeah. Good good coverage. Just straight through or with a bit of thinner. Um the, the full scale seventy five you need thinner with them. Yeah. Um but you can put it on, it goes on really smooth, it's nice and deep, it's good. Maybe a couple of coats, a couple of passes. Sure. But it does a good coat. And then for, but brushing on, it's terrible. Oh, really? It just doesn't cover. Oh, shit. Um, so like the are you reds. Are persevere for the rest of the MCP models? Or are you gonna... so, so what I ended up doing on the red, which is this red on, the whole wing is red, basically. Yeah. Um, so what I did with it instead, and I'm still learning, and I've kind of messed up the shield, which is a shame because the shield is such a precise shield on the Captain America shield, but anyway. Um, is I put I, what I ended up doing is putting Mephiston Red down, yeah, because the GW Red is one of their best paints. That, that <coughs> particular run caught Mephiston yeah. and Evil Suns. <coughs> Excuse me. So I I put I ended up putting Mephiston down and then putting the red over the top. Mm -hmm. They blend beautifully. John John, my uncle has said to me before, and he's right. It doesn't matter if you if you because the pigments in gw paints are mixes when you when you dilute them very far the paint breaks yeah into its colors kind of like a contrast paint does in a sense yeah. right <clears throat> these just don't break the pigment is phenomenal yeah um so as a blend paint they're really really good the thing that is then bad about them and this was in part because of the way i chose to paint this particular model is they are not robust at all. So you can put three or four layers on and you can make it look nice and pretty with a good blend and you can run your thumb across and you take the whole top layer off. Oh no. Um, so what I then did 
um, which I hadn't done before on anything, and it kind of struck me that it probably did do this, but I, I can confirm. I put a layer of Lamia Media over the top, and it seals the model. Great. So, like, for, how long does it take to dry? Just to, for someone who's impatient. I was. It was a month ago, and it was very hot, so not long at all. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You're like 10, 15 minutes. And you can hair dry it, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't really pull. Because it's quite. It's got quite low. Is that the right way around? It's got quite low surface tension. Okay. So it tends not to pull. Um, and there's not much in it. Lamy medium is, is mostly solvent, I think. Yeah. But there's enough in there. Like, I think the example I gave to you is like the GW instruction process on putting transfers on is hard coat the model to make it nice and smooth and shiny yeah. you put the transfer on so and then you put onto it. so it slips on and sticks really smooth on a really flat surface yeah and then you put Lamia Media over the top to dull it down again but that also seals the transfer so you can't it's harder to rub the transfer off so it is Lamia Medium isn't in quotes just a medium I mean a medium you could argue varnish is a medium in a sense yeah um, it does actually seal the paint which is cool good. so so I've done most of that one model now. I've still got to finish the wings off because I bust my hand and punch, punch the floor and bust my hand. Yeah. Um, but that model is now mostly done. And I think it will look... I'm quite pleased with how it's come up. It will look quite good. Just imagining crunch. you punching the floor in a sort of MCP explosion yeah, yeah. type base. And then, and then standing up and realising one of yeah. my fingers was pointing the wrong way. And yeah. It was kind of fun. Delightful. Um, what were the other ones you bought other than Sam? And so the other guy in that box is uh, War Machine, okay. which if I get really excited, I might try and non-metallic metal it. Ooh. Yeah, that could be cool. Because I've never really done it before and it's an experiment. And they're slightly larger scale. They're, they're slightly bigger models. If that's the right way around. Largest model, whatever. Yeah, so like 33 <coughs> mil, I think. I think they're described as like 40 mil. Oh, really? 30, okay, it's 38 or yeah, 40. Yeah. So they're just just that touch bigger. Yeah. So you got bigger surfaces to play with. So I might have a go and see how see how have a bit of a laugh with it. Cool. What bar? Yeah. Um, I managed to resist buying Craven the Hunter and the Lizard this week. <laughs> which the Lizard were the two models that I saw and I was like, I don't necessarily want to get into it, but a lot of people are painting at the moment and those two models are iconic. Yeah. Um, I grew up reading Spider-Man and the big run in the 90s which was a rerun and like rehashing of stuff but there's a really good Craven the Hunter story called Down Among the Dead Men and that had the kind of resurgence of Kurt Connors as the lizard as well I was disappointed with the Venom model I thought it was a bit blocky slightly static yeah particularly compared to Carnage which is overly non-static so yeah, the two symbiotes like I was like <clears throat> these two models needed to meet somewhere in the middle um, but there we are. So I haven't done that. Strong. Yet. Um, similarly, I'm feeling that way about um, Star Wars Legion. Mm. So I painted Cassian Andor. And, uh, Is he the guy that dies in Rogue One? That's right, yeah. yeah. And the robot K2 So. Yeah. Um, for Gab at Rule Zero. And that was so much fun. Again, they're bigger. They might even be bigger than 40 mil, but. They went together super well. Um, I had a bit of advice to use super glue rather than plastic glue because apparently they're inconsistent as to which plastic they use. Huh, interesting. So I think they just had like a couple of different plastic suppliers and the factory just must just not realise that not both of them take polystyrene cement. 
Bizarre. So sometimes you get one sprue in one plastic and one in another. So if you're doing Star Wars Legion, be careful. Use super glue. Hot tip. Yeah, hot tip. Um, but the models were lovely. Now I'm not a massive. I really like Star Wars, but I'm. Not, I wouldn't say that I'm a Star Wars fan. Like I enjoy the mo- movies. I'm not super into like the whole universe. Like I'm typically quite bored by Star Wars video games, despite having played a lot of them. So I've again managed to resist buying that. But I have to say, I love that film, and those two models were a real joy to put together mm-hmm. and paint. And it was not just nice <clears throat> to do something different. I mean, I I think it's. My perception of that game is it's not like Warhammer where you have 20 storm vermin or yeah. 40 gits or whatever, right? So you're not mass painting stuff, but at the same time, I also think that game is, is similar in essence to the Middle Earth models in the GW range in that they are designed to look like the movie. Mm-hmm. They are not designed to be interesting to paint. Yeah. So if you if you have a bunch of stormtroopers, they all look exactly the same in slightly different poses, as opposed to having five auric brutes where every single one of them has a unique set of armor that is just different enough to make each one an interesting model to paint. Yeah, and if you hire someone really smart, then you'll have thirty brutes and they're all slightly different. Yeah. And and thirty five hex rates. They were all pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be said. So I've also been painting some Lord of the Rings stuff. Uh, Forge World, Goblins, something, Marauders or Mercenaries. Um, I haven't seen them before. They're kind of cool. And interestingly, uh, they're an addition to an army that was commissioned by someone who's moved abroad. So I'm matching the basing. Uh, So kind of reverse engineering how someone's done something. So I've ended up picking up... um, the model air, Vallejo model air, um, burnt umber, which I'm sure you'll have used, but that is an absolute joy to work with. Yeah. Really great paint, and the um, anthracite grey as well. Um, and those two are—they just go on so well. Really, I mean, I, I intentionally bought the air paints because I wanted them to be thinner so that they'd go on well over a, a couple of thinner coats. Um, but they, yeah, they've worked really well. Yeah, because I've got I, I've got a set of Vallejo game color paints which I just don't use. Yeah, um, I've got a Vallejo white which never leaves my desk. Yeah, I I only use Vallejo white and have done for six years. Yeah, and sorry, Vallejo air white. I fluctuate um, between air white, standard white, and they have a ba- they have a foundation white as well. Okay, um, which. But it's I, not I, super yeah. useful for miniature painting. Yeah, but I, I paint thin, right? Yeah. So I, I don't think I would thin. ever not use an air paint. And I and at the moment, I have very, very few... Other than that game colour range, which I don't yeah. think I'll ever really use realistically. Um, I think of the paints I've used, the paint I probably own least of is Vallejo Air, and it's probably the one I like the best. Yeah. I have one final hobby anecdote. Uh, which was the rebasing of my Icebrow Hunter in order to make him uh, Hrothgorn, which went Which fine. is a mega so, cool conversion so, from the um, Thalmforge, the Ogroid. Um, so I had a couple from way back when, when I did a um, Silver Tower commission for someone, not yours, different one. I had a few 40mm clear plastic bases left. 
So what I didn't have, sadly, was any cast resin bases like the ones Jimbo kindly did for me for the rest of my Beast Claw Raiders. But I did have some smashed up bits, so I glued some kind of blue ice crystals on top of these transparent 40mm bases, added the Valhalla Blizzard, and was really happy with the 40mm base for Hrothgorn versus the 50mm base for a standard Icebrow Hunter. Great. Then it came to doing the Noblars, as we discussed before, um, and I didn't have any 25 mils because I think I threw them out about a month ago thinking I'll never use these. Yeah. And so I bought some on eBay. And they arrived, do you remember? I remember this vividly. Yeah, we, we got back from... There uh, was much stomping around the house. Yeah, yeah. We, we got back after, at the end of the weekend and it had arrived and I was like, oh, you know, LGT is only in about two weeks, so this is really fortuitous timing. Great. Um, tip these 25mm um, clear bases out and they were green. And, and, not, and not only were they green, you were like, Andy, come and have a look at this. They're green, right? And they're no, not clear. They're green. Now, I was pissed and off I'm about like, it, but I was also like, they're green, right? Because I couldn't tell if they were blue. And I was like, did I order blue ones? Because obviously there's a blue tint. Oh, uh, okay. Fair. But I was pissed off because they were green. And I was like, oh, he sent the wrong ones. But I then I was like, no, but I ordered clear ones and I was going to add blue crystals on top and the light would work. <laughs> anyway, so I, I got them on eBay and I messaged the guy. And was like, no, 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 no. The first thing you did was, the was when... Oh, I'll try and make this work anyway. Oh yeah! And you got two of them got and them, super glued, super them, glued together, them together. Put the stuck a thing on, capped it in so much Vallejo. What's it? Snowstorm. You could barely see the model underneath it, and said, "Does this work?" And I'm like, "You can still see the green." And you were like, "Right, I'm going to message the guy and tell him his pants." <laughs> it was exactly like that. So yeah, I <laughs> sent a firm message. Not rude, I would say, but firm message to the eBay seller. and was like, they're green. And got a response within about two minutes saying, that's a protective plastic that you have to peel off. Winning. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's... That's a thing. That's really obvious. And then the following day, I received some uh, like medical visors for going into schools because teaching's impossible wearing a mask that covers your face. Um, so like transparent medical visors and I looked at them and was like, oh, they're a bit cloudy. And I went, oh, scratched it. And it's the same thing. Yay! And that was after you'd gone back to college. And I was like, oh my God. Apparently, I just haven't experienced that when you buy plastic, it has a protective coating on before. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Sorry to that bloke on eBay. I did leave really nice feedback. Good for you. Yeah. Eventually. Idiot. Idiot. Um, I will say one other thing I've seen in the in the open slash hobby section. Mm. Um, people may recall a long time ago I said I'd ordered these like dropper bottle converters for my oh, yeah. GW pots. And I said I'd re- report back on them. They're good, they're not amazing. So here's here's why. They're they're kind of like it's like an ex- it, it, it's kind of an, an exaggerated. It's like putting the, the top of a baby bottle, yeah, on top of on top of the GW part. So you pull the old GW lid off, and they snap on the top, and there's a little thing you stick in the very top of it, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a spike, whatever, yeah, to, to seal it. And now a full pot of GW paint, in quotes, full pot, is about what half the two thirds full, if you're lucky. So when you put that thing on the top of it you're more than doubling the amount of air that sits inside the pot, oh. right? 
and it, and when I got them, someone someone I said, oh, I've got these. They're really good. And someone I think it was on Twitter. Someone said, oh, they dry your paints out. And I was like, well, let's see, see how it goes. It does. It does dry the paint out. The paint dries out quicker. Now, is that exacerbated by leaving them on the desk in the sauna that is your office? That is true, and it was very hot this summer, and I think that is part of it for sure. Yeah. Um, but what I basically what I'm doing now is before I put that lid on, I just add like one of my little squeezer syringe things. Which I think they're called micro pipettes. I think they hold like five mil. Oh, with medium in. Yeah. So I just put five mil worth of medium into the pot before I snap the lid on. Yeah. And apart from the fact that thins the paint a bit which i prefer i think that's going to do the trick yeah so my current very smart trick for not having all of my paints dry out which has happened a fair amount in this flat this summer because we live in a greenhouse is i get the spare foam from inside uh felt air carry cases and if it's really hot i just put the foam upside down over the painting table mm, sensible takes it out of the sunlight yeah i mean i could just tie it <laughs> and put things back in a box but as you said earlier, fucking artists. <laughs> Luckily, my partner doesn't listen to this podcast. You don't know that. I think you know that. I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I think it's a good assumption. I think it's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, paint drying out is annoying. It's been happening a lot. The thing that I really hate at the moment is Vallejo um, drying out in the nozzle after you squeeze it out. And I just need to have a paperclip on the table and be religious about pushing it back through after you've used it but i'm not very good at that and usually i used to have a paper clip on the table to do that this is such an exciting story um so cocktail stick or a bit of brass rod well okay i was using brass rod and then i used it to pin your magma dragon together and now i don't have it i was using the white paint there might be some some spare brass rod in the um, top drawer of my hubby desk i'm sure there is in fact there is some here i just couldn't see it earlier so it's not a real problem um, but yeah, paints drying out um, is annoying. But I'm, I think that I'm using a more varied range of paint than ever before. Ooh, I've got good. paint from different manufacturers and using the correct brush for the correct job as well. Oh. So there we go. Um, listen, we're going to try and bring you another episode <coughs> next week. Um, possibly not with you, I don't know. It depends if you're around. Um, and mm. give you a bit of feedback on how the London Grand Tournament had has gone um what i will say just at the end is uh that rob the honest wargamer will be streaming both the age of sigma and the 40k event he's got two teams going uh this week um i'm not sure if that's going to be on the tsn channel or the honest wargamer channel but you'll have to check out on their socials um so if you want to see how the event is going in general that's where you want to go if you're listening to this you probably knew that already but if not that's the the twitch stream uh which should be really cool um, and um, yeah we'll try and bring you an episode a bit sooner this time as we had a, a bit of a pause as people went back to work um, yeah anything real, else real life happens real life does um, as, a, as, as maybe maybe a little bit of foreshadowing as to how, how that next episode goes um, I, I refer back to Mark Wilson's gut reaction um, when he did the um, draw with, with um, Rob for the, for the teams and I, I missed the very first few tables and they just kept going and they were getting yeah. further and further down the list. And I'm like, I, I have no angel. They either came very early yeah. and there's been nothing in the chat as to who we're paired with or we're not in there yet. And he got all the way to, and he got done the tables in reverse order. So the last two balls that came out from his ping pong hat 
was um, with the teams that were on table one, mm. game one. Mm. Um, and he pulled us first. It was us and then and then Wales over, over 30 ones or whatever it is. Um, he, he pulled Angel out first and his gut reaction was, oh, Angel, table one, never been so high. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I, I have several times been on table one, game one. <laughs> at like four or five tournaments. Largely because people used to do it alphabetically. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got Team Wales. We're going to smash them up. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yep. Should... Submarine. Yeah, they'll need to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been quite enjoyable. I, I used to be a member of Team Wales, um, and I wasn't good enough, so they kicked me out. So it should go really well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, on, on that bombshell, uh, thanks, Jay Shanna, for the music. Thanks, Andy, for uh, Thank playing along. I hope your hand's better enough that you can finish paintings than my, my it would be nice. first call and finish your bases so you can actually play your skaven. I'll try and finish painting your iron jaws. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Because playing with that would be great. Yeah. I mean, that'll like... I'll give you a change in the flat from playing skaven all the time, which no one plays apart from me, apparently. Yeah. One skaven list in whatever it is, 32 times 4, 128 lists. Yep. One skaven. Yeah. It's great. I can go to a big tournament and win best in faction. If you go to Bobo, you will, because they actually do factional uh, prizes. That'd be cool. Could be a thing. We'll see you next time. Bye.